Okay, I think we're going. Hello, and welcome to Infinite Cast, a podcast, vacation editions part two. Part two. Uh, greetings from the Eternal City. Roma. Roma, land of pasta and popes. It is so hot here that I feel like I'm losing my mind every time I go outside. Yeah, it's like 99 degrees. It's, um, uh, it's as hot as a pan in which one is uh, swirling uh, oil and and uh, garlic and you going with this? pancetta and uh, noodles and, and guanciale. guanciale into a creamy emulsified sauce. sauce. Very, very hot. Yeah. So here we are in our mercifully air-conditioned hotel room reading the works of David Foster Wallace. David Foster Wallace, not a not an Italian man. No. no does <laughs> I don't not, think. I would say has not very Italian energy. David Foster Wallace is a fairly uh, um, just regular, like, English. Yes. David Anglo. Foster Wallace. Wallace could be a... A Scottish name, like William Wallace? Yeah. That's who I was thinking what of. What is his ethnic background, ethnic heritage? Uh, Scots-Irish, probably. Yeah. Uh, Incandenza? Is that Italian? Incandenza, yeah. Like Italian or... or Sp- could be Spanish, too. Incandenza. Incandenza. All right. Let's 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 do some reading. Let's get it over with let's so we can... do some reading. Go, go into the heat and see the Coliseum. See the Coliseum. 14th November, year of the dependent adult undergarment. The secret to sprinting in high heels, poor Tony Kraus knew, was to run on one's toes, inclined way forward with so much forward momentum that one stayed well up on her toes and the heels never came into play. This is true. Uh, Evidently, the wretched creature behind him knew this trade secret too. They careered up prospect, the creature's clutching hand just millimeters away from the trailing boa. Poor Tony held the two purses together, tucked away against his side like a football in U.S. football. Pedestrians moved artfully aside, long practiced. Poor Tony saw the pedestrians' faces very clearly as his odor preceded him like a shockwave. A man in a car coat made a smell face and did a kind of artful Veronica to let the two of them career past. Poor Tony's breath came in great ragged, stitchy gasps. He had not banked on victim pursuit. He felt the creature's hand grope for purchase on the remains of his boa. The Donegal cap flew off and was not mourned. The thing's own breathing was also ragged, but the obscenity she hurled still came from the diaphragm with conviction and vigor. The other thing had impacted a pole with a meaty sound Tony had shuddered to hear. His own father had struck himself about the head and shoulders as he grieved for his symbolically dead son. The moment after the impact and the strap gave way, Tony was up on his toes and in full flight, not banking on pursuit from the other one, this black creature screaming and just off his tail. For the first couple blocks, the creature had shouted for help and to stop the bitch. And poor Tony, then with a decent lead, had countered by also yelling help and for God's sake, stop her, flummoxing any would-be citizens. (laughs) An ancient trade device among Harvard Square crews. But now the black creature had closed to within millimeters And now it had real hold of the boa as they careered, breathing at full speed on their toes. And Krauss unlooped the thing from his neck with a flourish and sacrificed the boa to the thing. But the loathsome creature's hand came right back, clutching at the air just over his leather collar, its ragged breath in his ear, cursing him. Poor Tony grieved in mid-stride at the thought 
that the thing had doubtless just tossed the boa carelessly aside into the street or gutter. Their shoes' toes formed complex and variable rhythms on the pavement. Sometimes their footfalls were in sync, then they were not. The thing stayed agonizingly just behind. Bold print signs for fresh killed chicken and complete destruction flashed past. <laughs> Antitois Entertainment was just over two <coughs> long north-south blocks distant. Krauss and Pursuer both J-ran through a gridlocked intersection. Poor Tony shouted, help and please. The hand and hissed breath just behind him was like one of those simply horrid dreams where something unimaginable is chasing you for kilometer after kilometer and just before its talons close on the back of your collar, you wake up sitting bolt upright, except this horrid creature's clutching hand just behind him scenario went on and on, storefront and curb and leaping pedestrians all melting together at the periphery do right. Antitois Ent's discreet back door was accessible by a parking alley that cut west off Prospect just before Broadway and went west to intersect a smaller and dumpster-lined north-south alley one of whose dumpsters, in which poor Tony had occasionally slept when out late and short of train fare, was within underhand toss distance of the Canadian brothers' rear exit. Poor Tony, purses under arm and the other hand clamped tight to the wig, calculated that if he could get a reasonable lead on the creature by the time they hit the smaller alley, the dumpsters would keep it, uh, keep from it from seeing just which hopefully unlocked rear door PT sought basic human kindly refuge behind. He fainted around a bodega's sidewalk fruits display and shot a quick look back, hoping the creature would crash itself ass over tea kettle into the stacked fruit. It did not. It was still right there, breathing. Its stutter step around two cardboard tiers of Cape cranberries was discouragingly <laughs> deft. I don't think I've ever seen cranberries for sale in on a crate. A- in a fruit stand, but maybe like I'm by just, the pound or whatever. Maybe I'm just not looking. Well, maybe you haven't been doing a lot of uh, fruit shopping in Metro Boston. That's true. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> this the, next time I go, I'll look for cranberries. And we'll get some cranberries by the bulk. If anybody knows where we can get a good deal on bulk cranberries, <laughs> let it hit the comments. This thing had all too clearly chased persons before. Its breath had a ragged implacability about it. It was all too clearly in this for the long haul. This is not Clinette, right? This is, um, ah, sheet. It's Kate Gompert's buddy. It's not Clinette. It's, um, oh no. A, a semi-anonymous African-American like woman who it has not gotten a long description. In and she's the book a new, um, a new person. Uh, uh, Ru- uh Ruth Van Cleave Ruth is her Van name. Cleave. But she's relatively new to, um. Ah, shit. Sorry if I fucked this up. There we go. Yes. Okay, great. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Cranberries. Um, This, uh, oh, yeah. It was no longer shouting stop or gutterish obscenities. Poor Tony's breaths felt flamish. It sounded as if he were weeping almost. He tried to shout help, but could not. He hadn't the breath to spare. Black specks floated upward through his vision. Only certain of the street lamps worked. His heartbeat was zuckung, zuckung, zuckung. Poor Tony hurtled a queerly placed cardboard display for something wheelchaired and heard the creature vault it also and land lightly on its toes. Its uppers were not straps and could not dig like the fine Agnès. Uh, Tony felt blood on his feet. The entrance to the parking alley west was between a tax preparer's and something else. It was right around here, uh, Krauss squinted. The black specks were tiny rings with opaque centers and floated upward through his sight like balloons lazily. Poor Tony was post-seizure, infirm, 
not to mention withdrawn. His breath came in stitches and half sobs. He could barely stay on his toes. He had not consumed food since before the library's men's room stall, which was how many days. He scanned the blurred storefronts ripping past. An elderly person went down with a noise as the creature stiff-armed him. Somewhere, a rape whistle blew. The tax preparers had the odd storefront announcement, Om Paulo Portuguese, you see. <laughs> its, uh, its hand's finger knocked the rim of Tony's leather collar with each footfall until it moved up, and poor Tony could feel its fingers in the hair of the chignon he held clamped to his head with a hand. Poor Tony's father used to come home to 412 Mount Auburn Street, Watertown, at the completion of a long day of caesareans and sit in a chair in the darkening kitchen, uh, scratching at his head where his mask's green strings had dug into the head. Its doubtlessly lurid long-nailed fingers were twining for purchase in his wig's hair when they hit the preparers, and Tony cut a sharp right, breaking a heel on the pivot, but gaining several steps toward a lead as the creature's momentum carried it past the alley's recessed mouth. Krauss whimpered raggedly and flew west up on his bloody toes, hearing his breath off both alley walls, negotiating broken glass and the homeless supine, hearing it back behind him several steps, crying a tight echoed, stop, motherfucking stop. With a supine person, Krauss vaulted a lifting decayed head from the alley floor to counter with go. That's that. Great. Let's do one more little uh, chunk. Great. In the timeline, the Antitois brothers will not be there to greet him. They will not be there to greet him. Yes. Good Good recall. He has, has he explicitly mentioned, does he like, was he like using them as a fence or something? He was employed by, um, I think he used them as a fence to get drugs. So they would but sell, he, sell soul and soul. And, he has but this. then he had a friendly relationship with the AFR. Um, he did a like an operation at one time dressed like, Oh uh, yes. Where, where they got like a bunch of, a bunch tra- of, of like transvestites, transvestites to basically cover for someone who was uh, disturbing the peace, yes. the peace in some way or like yeah, uh, but disturbing a, an ambassador's speech at Harvard. Right. Yeah. And I think that's maybe how Tony came into possession of like the boa and like coat that he had. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember all that. Yeah. So, so he has a previous relationship. Okay, great. So yeah, he's friendly with a uh, um, Quebecois separatist, but um, the game has changed the since, game. <laughs> since uh, he last uh, interacted um, with interacted these with these great, people. Great. The game has changed. The great game is afoot. Le jeu, le jeu, uh, Okay, having traced through the strenuous technical interview of the sartorially eccentric craniofacial pain specialist, whom they had traced through the regrettably fatal technical interview of the young burglar. Uh, which takes us um, uh, to note 300 uh, easily found when pawning a cordless M cafe cafe au lait maker at a Brookline shop of pawning for 48 Marath and the AFR knew well M Duplessis's passion of breakfast cafe au lait. Okay. Um, of the young burglar whose electrical surge tolerance proved considerably lower than that of his room's computers machinery having traced their best chances at a copy to the hapless Antitois entertainment establishment. It had taken the AFR then several days to find it there, the real entertainment. Um, okay. So that's, uh, it sounds like they regrettably the fatal burglar? technical interview of the young burglar. Um, the young burglar. I don't know if this might be a friend of uh, Don. It's not Don. It's not Don. Was it maybe it's implied clearly. at some point that, that, 
Don's Don's loot from the fatal robbery got jacked itself. And, and was, was that the entertainment? Was that maybe one of his, uh, this is a long time ago. Like one of the reasons that he entered, like, like something went wrong after the, the burglary. And that's why he like entered state custody and, and stuff like that. Yeah. This is sorry to enter, you know, it's, it's a lot to piece together at yeah. page uh, 721 uh, at this point. But I believe uh, he, when they burgled a house, someone's house, he, they got a bunch of cartridges. Yes. And that one of them might've been the entertainment. Yes. And so now the AFR is trying to trace it. And I think it might've taken, taken them, an interview, a technical interview with uh, one of Don Gately's a known associate. Associate. Yes. Okay. Um, well, we. I feel like we're probably getting this wrong in some way, but that's the gist. Of yeah. It. If we if we fuck this up, please let us know. Yeah, we'll, get, um, we'll clear it. We'll, there's a lot. There's a lot of ways that entertainment might have come out. This is stuff that we've read almost two years ago. Yes. Um, okay. Blah blah blah. Uh, having traced their best. Uh, yeah. Trace their best chances at a copy to the hapless anti-twasin establishment, taking the AFR several days to find it there, the real entertainment. Uh, AFR's USA's sales leader, Fortier, the son of a Glen Almond glassblower, had allowed none of the mirrors to be broken or dismantled. In all other respects, the search had been methodical and thorough. It was a neat search and also orderly, with time taken. Because the viewer of the shop was visually dysfunctional, a consumer TP had been purchased and set up for volunteer viewing in the room of storage off the shop's back room. Each cartridge of the shop's exhaustive shelves was sampled by a volunteer, then discarded in one of the huge metal coffre de in the alley outside the shop's rear door. A detail had been assigned to roll the extinguished Antitois brothers in construction plastic and place them in a room of storage off the back room. This was for hygienic purposes. A detail had also procured an oilskin window shade for the front door's glass, also some printed signs which read, Closed ropas and relash. No person had knocked at the door after the first hours. Thus, quickly on the first day, in a liquor box which was damp and smelled, they had found an example of the rival FLQ's tactical street display cartridges, with its crudely stamped smiling face and the "Il ne faut pas, il ne faut plus qu'on poursuive le bonheur" embossed upon it. And young Tassigny, with characteristic valor, volunteered to be rolled into the room of storage and strapped in in order to verify this, and Fortier allowed this. All had drunk the gesture of a toast to Tassigny and promised to look after his aged father in fur traps, and M. Fortier <laughs> had embraced the young volunteer and kissed both his face's cheeks as he was rolled in and fitted by M. Pruyim with EEG wires and strapped in before the viewer were placed in the, view, in the room of storage. Then the cartridge of the street display turned out to be blank, void. Then another from this box, also wet, also blank. Two blanks, donc, d'accord. Fortier, philosophical, counseled against disappointment or damage from a frustration. He and Marath had counseled all along that the FLQ's displays of the entertainment and the wheelchaired man were probably the hoax, instilling of terror only. The fact of the displays which featured wheelchairs, a smack to the testicles of AFR, this was ignored. AFR wanted only to repossess this copy of the entertainment, as well, chiefly now, to determine... Could this copy of Duplessis itself be copied? This was the real objective, a master cartridge, uh, which takes us to EndNote 301. Having in her NBA, MBA program absorbed the litigatory lessons of music producers versus cassette tape manufacturers and film production companies versus videotape rental change, chains, 
Noreen Lace Forche protected Interlace's Golden Goose copyrights by specifying that all consumer TP compatible laser cartridges be engineered as read only. Copyable master cartridges require a special OS codes and special hardware to run, which takes us to subnote A. NLF had even rigged it so that masters have to uh, be run at 585 RPM instead of a consumer TP's cartridge drives for 50 RPM. Interesting. Uh, and you need licenses for both the codes and the hardware, which keeps most consumers out of the bootleg cartridge business, but is not a hard hurdle to clear if you've got financial resources and political incentive, i.e. to dupe off a master. Interesting. Okay. Uh, back- <laughs> Funny idea, considering um, how rippable and copyable like the next generation of, of things in real life would become, like CDs. CDs, yeah. Um and then, you know, they should have, the CD uh, production uh, organizations, the RIAA, should have uh, taken on a, a read of this and made uh, master copy CDs a different. Um, yeah, a, d- a different like, I don't know price if that's and... technically possible, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, I certainly spent a lot of high school going to the library, checking out CDs, ripping them and burning them. Yeah. Rip, rip it, mix it, burn it. Rip it, mix it, burn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Automatic. <laughs> uh, back to the text. Unlike the FLQ, Les Assassins de Fauteuil Roland had no interest in blackmail or cartographic extortings for the convexity's return, not even in re-reconfiguration of Onan or even its charter's dissolution. The AFR were interested only in dealing the sort of testicular frappe to the underbelly of USA self-interest <laughs> that would render Canada itself unwilling to face the USA retaliation for this. If AFR could secure, copy, and disseminate the entertainment, Quebec would not be allowed uh, so much allowed as required by Ottawa to secede, to face on its own wrath of a neighbor struck down by its own ability to say no to fatal pleasures. Uh, its own inability to say no? Uh, inability to say okay, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yes. They don't, yeah, they don't, okay, I see. Which takes us to no 302. <laughs> Thanks to the betrayal of Marath, this pure malice agenda is known to the Office of Unspecified Services, though it is not impossible that Fortier deliberately allowed Marath to pass along this datum, Marath knows, for the hope of instilling even deeper chills of fear in sans Christ gentle and his own chien courant. Suspected but unknown by Marath, Fortier plans to have Marath view the entertainment by force before plans for the entertainment, sorry, before plans for the dissemination of copies from a master are firm in execution. This not because Fortier for a moment suspects Morath's love of his wife's health of prompting his betrayer of Le Ré Pays. Fortier had overseen both Jeux du Prochain Train, uh, which takes us to QV Note 304 Sub, which is the uh, explanation of the Jeux, uh, Jeux du Prochain Train, the game of uh, the train game. Okay, the train game. Game of the next train. Uh, at uh, at which Morath's elder brothers had been struck and killed, and Fortier has long nursed a suspicion that Morath nurses dreams of redress for this. Okay. Uh, got it. Back to the text. Okay. <laughs> Fortier bid the AFR methodically to continue the search. Younger volunteers were rolled into the room of storage on a rotating basis to sample each set of cartridges. Aside from some, some some bickering over the Portuguese pornography, the rotation proceeded with valor and care. The plastic-wrapped cadavers began to swell, 
but the plastic maintained hygienic conditions adequately for viewing samples of the many cartridges in the room of storage. The search and inventory proceeded in a painstaking and slow fashion. M40A was required to absent himself for a period in the search's middle to help facilitate Southwest Ops. The infiltration of that relative of the auteur felt most strongly, according to Morath, to have knowledge or possession of a duplicable copy. There was reason to think M. Duplessis had received his original copies from this relative, an athlete. Morath felt USBSS felt this person may have borne responsibilities and da- uh, for the razzles and dazzles of Berkeley and Boston, <laughs> USA. The Americans' field operative, jutting with prostheses, had been, cl- had been clinging to this person like a bad odor. One more paragraph. And One then more we can paragraph. Wrap in. Great, great, great. The nation USA treated wheelchaired persons with the solicitude that the weak substitute for respect, as if he were a sickly child, Fortier. Buses knelt, smooth ramps flanked steps, Attendants pushed him aboard flights in full solicitous view of those standing upon legs. Fortier owned attachable legs of flesh-toned polymer resins whose interior circuitry was responsive to large bundle neural stimuli from his stumps, which, with metal crutches, whose bracelets locked to his wrists, allowed a sort of swirling parody of perambulation. But Fortier, he rarely wore the prostheses, not in USA and never for public transit. He preferred the condescension, the pretense of institutional sensitivity to his right of the equal access. It honed the edge of his senses of purpose. Like all of them, Fortier was willing to sacrifice. Good enough? Great. Good enough. Oh. It's, it's oh, Lord. still hard to track the, uh, the, okay. the triple crossings of the uh, I know, the triple the crossings and the motivations thereof. But I think what I understand is that uh, Duplessis, who uh, Don accidentally murdered. Okay, yes. Duplessis he did have a copy. He did have a copy. And do, again, I'm sorry if I'm being stupid, and but do you, Dupl- Duplessis is not a member of the AFR. AFR. He is a member, member of, of the, the FLQ. The rival faction. So, yes, uh, there there are uh, double crossings and betrayals uh uh, far, far around, but the copy that they have was read only. So I guess I didn't quite realize until this moment how important read only versus master is because we weren't even getting into master copies. They just kept, well, it's just one of those things where he kept saying a master copy, and I did not know if that was a, uh, you know, just superfluous term or needed to specify something specific. Yeah, like the, ori- cons- the considering original. That we have not encountered any copy of the of the entertainment. Right. Oh God! I need someone to like draw like the path of the entertainment as it goes. I'm sure from, uh, that exists. Also, what happened to the copy that that uh, the attaché had? Um, that would have probably gotten in possession of America and the American police, the um, Office of Unspecified Services. Maybe I don't know. We have not heard. Yeah, because the police were involved, uh, and the appearance of that tape would have then precipitated. The um, the removal of uh, 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 Don's um, dogged uh, what's the prosecutor? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Who for whom uh, he was getting he wants revenge after Don Gately stuck the, his, a toothbrush up his asshole that causing uh, the <laughs> causing He's the, the wife. prosecutor's wife to basically have an obsessive compulsive breakdown. Uh, and so that guy was looking for Don for the uh, 
the his own burglary and now uh him don having done the exact same way of shunting the power when he did the burglary uh-huh. for duplessis obviously connects don to that uh thing but uh rather than getting a phone call or a visit from boston's finest uh it's the the jurisdiction of that case has fallen beyond the uh um Oh, uh, yes, it has now become like a federal thing. It has now become thing. a federal thing and an Office of Unspecified Service thing, a Hugh Steeply thing. But guess what? Don Gately has been uh, a, a, a upstanding member of, uh, an upstanding citizen for many months now, going to his job at the homeless shelter, uh, being the big the big buddy for uh, residents of yes. that house. Uh, but now he has been shot. And is and back it, in the system. He is in the system with a gunshot wound. Oh, boy. What the hell is going to happen now? Well, we will certainly learn in another few hundred pages. <laughs> well, it's got to be a few hundred because then the book will basically be over. Yes. Well, uh, that's the other thing is that the the, the narrative thrust of the this chunk that we read today would imply uh, perhaps the next chapter would be uh, poor Tony Krauss stumbling into this uh Scene, experimental viewing, testing view, yeah thing. viewing scene of these uh these quebecois uh but i'm sure cer- certain that no satisfaction will come from that narrative thrust for um again another few hundred pages. i don't know yeah i don't know if it ever will and in fact if i i certainly don't remember this off the dome but my guess would be you know they're they've got the younger ssns uh rotating viewing to yeah. Uh, but why would they do that when they could just have a uh, degenerate, young, uh, dr- withdrawn drug addict? Certainly that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like there are a lot of things in here that seem to point to one thing, but uh, frustrate expectations. Uh, a, a historical question that maybe you could offer more perspective on. Uh, there's a, a lot of like low-key torture in this, uh, in this book. You know, the... Yes. The uh, burglar, yes, um, and yeah, enhanced interrogations, and it almost seems uh, predictive. You know, he wrote this in the mid '90s when I feel like everyone felt relatively good about what the USA <sighs> yes, was doing. Yes, we, at we any don't time. do that kind of thing we anymore. We don't do that kind of thing if anymore. we ever did. If we ever did, and uh, and if, if we do, you're certainly not going to find out about it. Yeah. Fast forward like ten years, and we have like uh, we torture folks. Yeah, we, and we tortured some folks, and uh, it worked, and it was good. Uh, shut up. <laughs> so one of the funniest things, like darkly funniest things a president a president has ever said. Uh, let me be clear. We uh, tortured some folks. Tortured some folks. Um, yeah, I, 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 that is true. I mean, I think anybody who's relatively clued in would assume, even if it was not made explicit, that at some point in the Cold War, some guys, yeah, some guys in back rooms of various federal mm-hmm. uh, law enforcement offices were uh, doing some tortures, not even to mention uh, we're doing some, quote, enhanced interrogation, enhanced interrogations. not to, not even to mention the generally assumed more thuggish interrogations of, a, say, a, a good cop, bad cop routine of a any police urban police department sure. gone a little too far. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it certainly. It does presage that yes, within a decade of the writing of this, it would be a, it would be have made become an explicit government policy to do that kind of interrogation, mm-hmm. become a scandal, and been backed off of mm-hmm. uh, by you know the end of the first decade of the twenty first century. Yeah. Another thing where you're where perhaps one of the reasons, uh, um, what is the phrase that he uses? Clear, clear, clear your own map. 
Eliminate your own map. One of the reasons uh, DFW had to eliminate his own map is being like, I've seen too much. <laughs> yeah. I know, I, know, I know too much and I don't even know anything. <laughs> people, people don't tell me. People like, it's not like people tell him things. It's just that he infers too much. Yeah. He's plugged into the essential uh, horror of yeah. what it takes to govern a corrupt country. Uh, R.I.P. David Foster Wallace. You would have loved a, di- a little pump concert in Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> Ulan Batar. Well, oh yeah, Ulan Batar. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Uh, for those who might not be as online, this is a few days ago at this point. But the uh, the rap artist Lil Pump um, announced, announced one of the a tour, tours which takes seen. him both to like you know Tallahassee, Florida, and also like Mongolia. Uh, Ulan Batar, the capital of Mongolia. Uh, and <laughs> every, yeah, everyone was. Uh, was a dunking on him and uh, like who's who's turning up for a little pump in central Mongolia? Uh, you know, every young person there, maybe. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. I would the love to see the schedule. footage. Yeah, I bet it's crazy. Um, but I was saying that um, you know, if David Foster was still alive, I think uh, um, you know Har- uh, Harper's uh, or the Atlantic or whatever uh, a New Yorker sending him to find the the dark uh, the dark heart of the the dark night of the soul. Of a young, uh, a- young um, hip hop artist yes. uh, performing in Mongolia. Lil, Lil, Lil Pump is also. Uh, do, do we need to? Do we need to wrap it up? No, no, no. We've, we've got time. We my can, we my only other anecdote. I believe this is Lil Pump, uh, and I hope I haven't shared this on the podcast before. And I'm sorry if I did, but um, there was uh, back in the advent a couple years ago. Lil Pump is one of the guys with a lot of face tattoos, uh-huh. and this was in the kind of initial horror of. Oh my God! Young young uh, rappers are doing what to their face? Yeah. And someone interviewed him about it, or someone like asked him a question, and they said, "Well, little pump, it seems like with uh, all the stuff that you've gotten on your face, that you're never gonna get an office job, uh, huh, huh, right?" And he goes, "Fucking off, uh, fucking office job. I'm gonna buy the office." <laughs> and in my head, I was like, "Uh, can, like, can he do that? How much is an office?" And then a few months later, I was at a bachelorette party in uh, New Orleans. Uh, at a an outdoor wine bar, um, barely hanging on to a, a I will call a, a rose a rose blackout. When we met a, a bunch of like uh, clean cut young men, one of whom said he was in commercial real estate, and I said commercial real estate like office buildings. And he said sure, and I was like, how much is an, an office building? And he was like, uh, at least, you know, in the, like downtown DC, thirty million dollars, thirty thirty to forty million dollars. And I looked up Lil Pump's net worth, and I'm like, Lil Pump can't buy the office building. Maybe he could buy an office building in. Tulsa. Tallahassee. Tallahassee. Ulaanbaatar. Ulaanbaatar. Taking this full circle, (laughs) when I had an office job at Slate, you know, because it's like a corporate, I had like my corporate email account at Chris at Slate, Chris Wade at Slate.com or whatever. You didn't get a Chris, you didn't get the no last name email? I don't don't even remember. I assume it was (laughs) Chris.Wade at Slate.com. But... Because it was a corporate account, we got all sorts of like weird spam accounts just added to it that I assume, you know, the like scour uh, listservs for just like at, uh-huh. you know, domains like at Slate. And one of the spam email filters I would get multiple emails of uh-huh. every day that always made me laugh was about real estate, per- real estate offers in Ulaanbaatar. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's like. Ulaanbaatarbusinesses.com and it was like every day was like any any good deals (laughs) no nothing uh, I mean this was a long time ago but yes I used to get real estate offerings for Ulaanbaatar every day in my in my slate email address 
something that always made me laugh. <laughs> and here we are, full circle. Full circle. Annular. Offices. Annular. Everything. Everything's annular. Yes. Oh, I had a question the other day, which is, we were talking once again about whether or not hardcover editions of uh, Infinite Jest exist. Yes. Which I think we somebody has sent us a picture of a hardcover edition, but so. it is very rare. And I was saying that they should divide it into three volumes, like Lord of the Rings, to make it a little more uh, manageable. Yes. Just physically. Yes. And so I was asking Molly <laughs> what you would name your three volumes, like, you know, obviously Lord of the Rings is Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and um, Return of the King. And yeah. so I asked Molly what you would name your three volumes of Infinite Jest. And I, I, I don't, I don't know what to, there's, there's, it's too infinite. It's too infinite your, and yours, too circular. Yours was good. Um, no, I thought yours was way better. Oh, well, I was going to say the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, but. Yes. Uh, part one, the father, part two, the son, part three, the Holy Spirit. It, that, you know what? It I almost kind of tracks with, um, yeah. with, with the general focus. Um, shit. I forget. Oh. Mine was going to be something like part one, the organization of North American nations, part two, annual revision, part three, the entertainment. The entertainment. Yeah. I think one of them has definitely got to be infinite jests, the entertainment, or like yeah. the, the, uh, the entertainment Genesis. I don't the, know. <laughs> the entertainment Genesis edition. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Submit your own three parts to the. Uh, yeah. Please, yeah. Do, do us one better. And, uh, you know, maybe also where you would break up the book. <laughs> right, right, right down the, yeah. right down the thirds, right in the middle of the page. <laughs> exactly. Right in the middle of a, uh, well, that's actually, how would you do the end notes? I guess you would have to, each section would have, would its, have own, its own uh, end notes. notes. Yeah. I guess they're transferable. Um, this is only semi related to like structure or whatever, but. Uh, I saw, I, again, I hope I haven't said this before, but, uh, a listener of the pod, uh, we were in DMs and we're talking about the French edition of Infinite Jest, which is fairly recent. Uh Um, and apparently the French translator of Infinite Jest basically just believes that, uh, there's no purpose to the structure. There's no overall, uh, overarching, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, plans of any sort. Uh, basically, David Foster Wallace just remembered, uh, like, oh, I think I'm bored of writing about this person right now. Uh, let's see uh, what's going on with uh, Steeply and Marath right now. Like, there, like it was not an overarching plan thing. It was just a complete spur of the moment, like uh, structure structuring. So that that ba- that basically the structure of the book has no no intention meaning to it. To it yes. <laughs> and that's the belief of the French translator. That's just like what they said in like an interview, not how they, it doesn't affect how they translated the yeah, book. Yeah. They're like, I'm not, I'm not trying to impute any kind of like extra, you know, whatever on this. I'm just, I'm just going where it's just all vibes. Basically. I mean, I kind of get that. I will say that it, emotionally, tonally, and I think reading it out loud, actually, even though at the very beginning of this project, we talked about how this book resists reading out loud, but I do think it, it certainly like, narratively swells and recedes in a way where the energy is conducted. Yes. Even if not, maybe not the segments flow as ne- like the, the subjects of the slit segments not don't yes. necessarily flow as well, but certainly it like you get that swell of energy where something big happens and then it moves on to something else where it's like, okay, now we reset for a little bit. Yeah. Tense tension and release. Yeah. Yeah. It, it works all the same. Yeah. But it would be very funny if, uh, if he would, if 
<laughs> if that was the nature of it. I'm bored with this. Let's do something else. <laughs> All right. This is probably enough on this. Yes. Ep. Um, let's go see the Coliseum. See you, see you back in, in America where uh, all, at least uh, I know I can get a gigantic iced coffee or basically wherever I yes, want. Yes, yes. We all miss our uh, standard outlets and our liquids <laughs> and our languages. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye.